Is it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Pastor Kai, 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 come on up and get set up. I'm excited that uh, Kai, Pastor Kai Kai is here to uh, join us for our worship service today. Pastor Kai Kai has finished his four-year degree in theology from Andrews University and is currently helping with a church plant in Grand Rapids. It's a, a church plant, a company, a Myanmar SDA company. And so we're grateful for the ministry that is happening there. The first time that I met Pastor Kai Kai was at Washington Conference Camp Meeting, where he was the main speaker for our junior tent, of which my daughter was a part of. And she absolutely loved the stories and loved the time that she was able to spend with you. So grateful that you're here to share with us today. Looking forward to seeing how the Lord has blessed you. Anxious to see how the Lord will bless us. And also, more importantly, anxious to see how we will bless the Lord in worshiping him today. Can we pause for an added word of prayer? Lord, grateful for how you've assembled us together. Grateful for Pastor Kai Kai being here and sharing his testimony and how you've worked powerfully in his life. Lord, bless, bless this message, bless our time here together, and may we bless your heart as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for the warm welcome. and. Thank you to everyone that are here to come and listen to the sermon today. And I pray that uh, it may not be I speaking, but the Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch each one of you. As I you know, get ready here, when Pastor Ira invited me to preach and share, I was so excited. Uh, in currently, it's, I am in the time where I had to pray a lot and wait a lot. Just finishing up college and trying to see where God will lead. But then, with the opportunity to, to preach here, it makes me realize, oh, I have a wonderful story where the Lord is where the Lord has taken care of me, and he will see me through. So I took the, uh, accepted the opportunity, and here I am, and I praise God for that, and thank you again to everyone here. My sermon title today, can you see, oh yes, okay, is My Life, His Story. As you all have known, that famous scripture that the Lord states in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thought of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and hope. New King James Version, reading from. This may be one of the most quoted verse in times of trials or in times of happiness even. But when we look at the context, it shows us that indeed it is in times of trouble that this is so meaningful. And this very verse is so dear 
to my heart, and it is exemplified and fulfilled in my life thus, thus far. So here's my family. I have, uh, I'm the middle child of, uh, of three. My sister is the oldest. My younger brother, he is right there, uh, trying to capture some pictures, I think. <laughs> and uh, my parents. So we came here to the United States from Burma. Well, that's the former name currently now, Myanmar. And we came from this, uh, at the little dot there, not at the center, the red dot pinpoint, is where we, know we originally came from. The Qin state, Zomi people, if you would read, if you have read a little bio of, of me in the bulletin, you have a little bit of there. But I would like us to have a little bit a closer relationship between us. So here we go. This is Dammo uh, means how are you? That's what we normally say when we meet. So I'll say Dammo, you can repeat, okay? Dammo. Uh -huh. It doesn't mean the English word, okay? <laughs> it means how are you? And I am good means Dhamma. Dhamma. Okay, now I'm going to ask you the question and you're going to respond to me, okay? Dhammo? Wonderful, wonderful. So that's my mother tongue. And that's, I came from one of the minority groups from Burma. And it's called Tedim language or Zomi language. Now, this is the national language, which is like English here. And that's how it's written. Uh, anybody can read? <laughs> it's, it's called, it's read Menglaba. Menglaba. My phonetics, I don't have a phonetics um, skill, so, <laughs> but Menglaba, that means oh, welcome, something like that. So, when you meet someone from Burma or Myanmar, you can say Menglaba. So, they should, most of them should know that that's a majority language. Again, here's my scripture for today. For I know. Here in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was called, in the very first chapter, he's, he felt unworthy to serve God. But the Lord said, I will be with you. Just as Miss Ivy has sang with us for us today. The Lord will be with you. You may be young, don't worry, I will be with you. Jeremiah's life, I don't, I don't mean in, in an extensive uh, form, but at least to some degree, I could relate. Especially in my culture, a young person like me don't have much of the voice. So you have to kind of push and push and push uh, certain things. Although you may be right, it's harder for them to accept. So in that sense, like, Lord, you're calling me to serve you. But in order for me to preach to these people, I feel like I'm not understood. So in that sense, I feel a lot 
like Jeremiah. But he says, in this very verse, he says, I know. I bolded that word there for you. And he knows you love too. And God knows even before Jeremiah was born. Most of us know that. And he knows how my life will be even before I was born. Now, I want us to remember that the Lord says here to Jeremiah and to me and to you that he says he has, he's thinking something that is beautiful, that is full of peace and a bright hope. Hope is something very important in a person's life. When there's no hope, there's no meaning of living. To some degree, in my college year, especially in these uh, last few years, I have felt a little bit like that. But for some of us, we might say sister, or some of us, we may say auntie, or some of us, we like to call her prophet, Ellen White. She stated, Unless we forget what the Lord has done in the past, we have nothing to fear of for the, what is it? Future. That's one of my favorite quotes from her. And that is saying we have hope in God because he has been with us and will continue to be. So why we came to the United States, we came here in 2012, about seven years ago. Currently, we're a citizen now, so we're, uh, I'm blessed with that opportunity, blessing. But we came here as refugees. This is just a little picture of refugees um, back in the Southeast a Asia area. And there's a protest that apparently is somewhere in Burma you know, or some other place by Burmese people. So we came here as refugees 2012. Coming here, a lot of stereotypes. And as a refugee, you have no, well, the, Resettlement agencies, they treat us very well, and uh, some communities, but there is some kind of stigma that comes with it. And especially in our culture, we are very reserved, uh, and we don't have much of a confidence. Many today that have resettled here, and of course elsewhere, I think as well, still have that reservedness, being not so confident. I s uh, one example would be, I would like, mm, my dad may be uh, angry at me, but for, for example, my dad, uh, coming here, he is already an adult. His lang language skill is, is very, very slow or very little. 
So with that, that little thing even caused him to be more uh, reserved and inconfident sometimes. So those are kind of a little snippets of a uh, person that has gone through. But I would like to go back to where I found Jesus. But before we do that, I want us to remember here, what is something to uh, remember and ask a question to yourself? What is something that is pulling you down, that is holding on to you? Is that the incompetency or is it some kind of like a loss in your family, post-traumatic trauma, whatever? relationship issues because of your self-value and even your spirituality. What is it? Have that in mind. We live in a world that is full of evil. This is a picture of what ha happened a couple uh, just a couple of months ago, down in Texas, El Piso, uh, many of you remembered. Just like that. So I wanted to be a little bit more contextual to your setting, so I did a little research, but couldn't find anything much here in this area, so I guess this is a very safe community. community. <laughs> but then I was like, maybe, no, I need to find something, so I... I searched Chicago, so obvious, right? To some degree. Uh, I didn't mean to uh, put a, what you call, or devalue, or sigma. <laughs> but uh, I, I saw on the news that there's shooting just this past week. So pain and suffering in our life becomes. Jeremiah here talks about the exile, exilic Israelites in Jeremiah 29. And it really relates with my journey as well. The Israelites at this time in Jeremiah 29, they were in captivity in Babylon. They wanted to come home, apparently. In the context, there, are, there were false prophets. Yesterday, my, fr my, uh, my friends and I, we were in Rockford, Illinois. Uh, because of this opportunity, we were uh, able to go and visit there last night. And we were talking about one person that seems to s knows a lot of stuff about famous preachers within the Zomi, my people group community, and was sharing a lot of things. At that time, what came in my mind is this very uh, passage here, that there are, especially in the last days, there will be false prophets. It's not just the, now. Back then, there were false prophets. They were, they were saying, we can go back to Jerusalem. We can go back to our homeland and live. To some degree, they don't want to face that 
judgment of 70 years of captivity in Babylon. But the Lord says this very verse that we were talking about. I have a future for, a plan, a future, a hope. That is for you. What you're going to, the spotlight. He has something in store. And for the Israelites, to some degree, that experience was part of that journey. For me, I was like, why? Right? Why? But understanding their situation, they were spiritually adulterous. They, they have forsaken the Lord in order for them to remember how good the Lord is, they had to experience where God is absent. Well, something of that sort, for them it's a pain, right? For me, my pain started when my family went to India, my dad was studying, then we came back after three years of studies, then we came back to Burma. I was fifth grade. Fifth grade, and I had to learn everything in Burmese. For the past three years, I did not touch anything. I even forgot the alphabets. So that year, I had faced my, one of my hardest trials, which was shame. I'm in class with my colleagues. They're doing very well in classes. Even the worst, they would get a passing grade. For f but for me, I get a number of eights, zeros, I mean, yeah. Uh, which were very hard to break. <laughs> and just like 10, 15, or whatever numbers, except for Bible and English, and I believe it's hygiene that helped class. The rest are in Burmese. All those are in English. So the, the English classes, I was doing very well because we just came back from India. So it was an international school at our sister, uh, one of our institution, Spicer College, the, but the elementary school, we were there. So that year, I tried my best. I, I work hard, but avails to just that hard ace. I remember I might have gotten one or at least two or three eggs. But here, it's most of you would have already known, maybe a reminder. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, my parents followed that principle very well. So every morning before school, we live by the, the church very close by where we, where we walk. So my parents would take us to the church. Right, in, uh, right at the church in the morning, it's uh, still dark in the 
morning we could barely see 100 feet ahead, ahead of you. We would go with torch, um, torchlight here, you say flashlight. Um, so just there to pray. That experience is going to be my first time knowing God on a heart-to-heart -heart basis. So my parents took me one day. We, w we went in. The church is very old. It's cement floor, a lot of cracks, holes. I have a rubber slippers, very, very poor. And I would take off that and kneel on that rubber slipper instead of that hard cement broken pieces. I re vaguely remember praying with my tears. Why? Because I was shameful. I was shameful because I couldn't pass my classes. Burmese class, other geography, mathematics, and all these things, I couldn't pass. I could not pass. I continued praying, yet I gradually move on with my grade. My grade was coming up. Back home, the passing grade was just 40 out of 100. Now you're like, hey, Kaika is a dummy. No. Anyway, yeah, indeed, I was, I couldn't, it was so difficult. I continued praying, praying, but now back home, there's, uh, it's a quarter, four, a quarter system, four quarters. The last one is the final exam. If you pass that, even though you fail the first three, you're fine. But if you don't pass the final one and yet pass the other ones, those still doesn't count. It doesn't count as failing, you know. Bye-bye. So the final exam came. I, the parents continued to take me to the church with my siblings, of course, praying, doing my best. Took my exam. The final result came. Geography. Pass. Mathematics. Science passed. <gasps> wow. But then there's one class. Ah, you guys know that what's coming. Burmese language class. I got 38. Por qué? Any Spanish here? I just learned that this past May we were doing evangelism in uh, Milwaukee, up north. And I learned por qué from my friends. <laughs> so, yes. I was literally asking, why? Lord, why? Just two points. Okay, they failed me. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Really? Are you thinking towards me? For me? Peace? I have no peace at all. Not of evil. Ah, you, this is not evil. Really? To give you a future, ha, 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 I have to take fifth grade again. <laughs> Is that a future? And a hope. What a hope. Another year as fifth grade. But by God's grace, his plan, I did not know. The teachers 
they were in a meeting and they said, we will give grace to Kai Kai and we'll let him go to the next class level. The next year, to, uh, grade six, first quarter, I still failed. Oh, what a shame. My teachers, they have hope in me. That's exactly what they did, right? They, 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 have, they trust me that they, I would do better. So they believe in me. That's why they passed me, although I failed. That's, that's mercy, right? Mercy. My friend, on our way, one of our, my friend, I wouldn't say the name because you might know what he is here. So he was asking me, uh, what's the difference between grace and mercy? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And which, of course, I got both of them together. But later on, uh, the Lord gave me wisdom. Because here, uh, here in James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of me. And for me, it may not be discernment or anything, but rather the knowledge, the ability to know the language. So I passed sixth grade on a, a higher rank, but, but my seventh and eighth was even much higher. I was uh, on top of my uh, classmates for those two years. And that was because of God's grace alone. So when I look back at my, at that, even at that time, I was frustrated. Lord, why do I have to go through this? Why? Why? And then, continue wondering, but I was young, didn't know much. But when I look back, it was very vital. It was during that time that I have learned of God. I have an, a relationship that is of a heart-to-heart -heart basis. I felt like my heart and his heart just rubs against each other. Because my heart was to some degree broken. But then when the Lord sees me through those couple years later on wow from the bottom to the top the Lord just moves me just like Joseph just like Joseph and it's even quite similar because just after my 8th grade we had to get out of Burma and we were in Malaysia my, my dad went ahead of us, so he had to face, you know, um, they say the, the tip of the arrow is the one that faces the heart. Well, you know, some, some of you may be able to uh, explain it much better. But yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. He had to f bear all those frontier missionary <laughs> work. 
So for us, it was uh, Lin and the rest of the family, the four of us with my mom. My, we were there for two years. My dad was there for about four years ahead of us. So while we were there, because of the financial needs, because there, although we were accepted as refugees under the care of the UN, United Nations for higher, uh, United, UNHCR, let me just briefly say that. So the UNHCR, the refugee agency, they took us in. Normally, they provide the, uh, for your food. But in Malaysia, by the time we arrived, they have dismantled camps. So therefore, people would just intermingle, or what do you call, disperse through the cities, among the citizens, uh, and try to find jobs, odd jobs, that don't require an IC, which is an ID. So because of the need of our family, I had to work. I was, at that time, 15 years old. Luckily, I was blessed to go and work away from where my parents were living at that time to a different place with my sister. So we were there together. It was a blessing. If not, I would be super lonely. So we had to work at a restaurant uncovered with maybe $200 a month that we might have received for 12 hours plus of daily work for six days. At least we got one hour of, and uh, one day of break. Um, and early on, we broke the Sabbath. We didn't have the opportunity to go to the church that my dad was helping. And it's like, wow, the PK is out there ordering food and all those things. That experience made me wonder, oh, Lord, is this a future? Is this a future that you have for me? At first, I really miss going to school. We didn't have the opportunity to go to school. But later on, that desire kind of faded away. But then upon hearing some of my friends graduated from 10th grade, which is the, the high school level for the uh, public school back home, I was like, talking to myself, Kai Kai, your friends are ahead of you. You are just an eighth grader doing this stuff. So then my passion to continue school came back. So to cut the story short, there's one very important story in experience in, in Malaysia that almost led me to be deported. But God sees me, sees me through. So to cut the story short again, the time, the day that we've been waiting came on March 12, which was a special day, my birthday. 
we came here, the longest day ever, 2012, 36 plus, I think, hours. We flew, we started on the 12th, on the eastern side of the globe, but then when we came back, it's still tw March 12th. <laughs> so, we were blessed. But then, that desire for me, that desire for me to continue school was in there. So I continued praying, but I wanted to go to Adventist school. That was what I did all my life, thus far at that time. So I asked the Lord if I could go to an Adventist school. By God's grace, the Lord provided us the church family that we were in, in Grand Rapids area, that's where we resettled. We've, we've lived there since then, for seven years now. So they, they helped, and church family helped as well. And of course, my parents, they had to come up with some kind of contribution to that thing so that they see that we're really interested in going. And the Lord provides. Since I was delayed for about two years, and with my age, I started school late. So with that, it's kind of like three years. My classmates, they were a lot younger. So then I had to catch up. So I pleaded with the school board to allow me to finish it in three years, which needed a lot of prayer as well, and which went through. Now I'm kind of beginning to see, wow, okay, the Lord's plan seems to be good. You know, sometimes, I want to emphasize here, sometimes what we see good and what the Lord sees good is different. That is something that I recently learned. I've shared this testimony a little bit in the past, but I forgot to contrast those two things. My question was, but why I have to experience all those things at my fifth grade? Why? I didn't know until this big thing happened. So finally, my gradu graduation time has arrived. The Lord has blessed me to finish in three years with a extraordinarily lead ordinarily <laughs> good grade. But then uh, I was asking, Lord, well, now what next? Which I am currently asking as well because I just graduated from Andrews. But to go back there, high school, I asked Lord, what's next? My friends, they say, I'm going to uh, Union, Union College, I'm going to Andrews University, I'm going to Southern, I'm going to Wa Washington State, I'm going to go to Walla Walla. And they, to some degree, some of them even know what they're going to study. I was like, Lord, growing up, I wanted to become a pastor. But my senior year, something changed a little bit. I was exposed to people just like many of you that are serving the Lord, 
so much. Even sometimes some of them are even more than some pastors. And I was like, Lord, maybe I could do something like that. I know a former aviator, or pilot, I should say, sorry. Uh, and I have seen a doctor that's that has helped me go to high school. She, would, she or her family would pick us up every morning. You know, here the transportation is one of the big issues that a lot of us face going to private school. So they would pick us up. And I'm like, wow, that's a huge ministry. I've experienced that. Maybe I could do something like that. Maybe if you could help me become a physician. So I started wondering. But then for my what's next, I prayed to God and asked, Lord, please help me to go to Andrews University. That's where my dad's degree was conferred from. So that way back before that fifth grade experience, I've heard of Andrews. So when we arrived at Grand Rapids, which is about one hour and a half away from Andrews University, we heard Andrews University was so close, within two weeks, family friends, they took us there. We wanted to visit, so we went there visiting, just visiting, took pictures, came back. So I asked the Lord, senior year, high school, Lord, please help me to go to Andrews University. I want to serve you. In my mind, it's a pastor. I guess in my heart, it's a pastor. But in my mind, I'm thinking of those other options. Now, that's when, why my fifth grade experience was vitally important. That's when I see that vital vitality. My, as I was praying, you know, the, the church plan that we have at that time, it was just a group, it's not even a company status. So we would worship at a local English church uh, at the downstairs on Friday night. So every Friday night we would worship. My dad is the leader there, so he had the key. I would help close after every service. While I close, I would check upstairs because the English-speaking group where uh, they were a young youth group that worshiped there together as well, in, uh, but they finished earlier than us. So I double-checked the doors, went up, I would secretly go enter into that sanctuary and then come forward to the podium and just kneel down there. I prayed there a couple times, doing the same thing. You can ask my brother, he wouldn't know. Secretly I would go. I remember at least three times, two or three, I should say, my tears were coming up. I was praying with my heart broken. Jeremiah 29, verse 12, I want us to turn our Bible to that verse. Jeremiah 29, verse 12, up to his, up to the Lord's promise of a future was conveyed. Here in verse 12, it says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. Ah, 
Now, in times of captivity, they're going to pray. Now, this one, this prophecy to some degree, was understood by Daniel in chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, and later on, it talks about that 70 years prophecy is when the Messiah will come, when that is fulfilled. That's when the Messiah, Jesus, will come. That's where you see Jesus in this passage. Bef the verse previous to 10, between, let's see, 5 and 9, there you see uh, the Lord talking about the 70 years that they will be go into captivity. Daniel remembers that, and he prays earnestly. He, reading further on with that verse, verse 12, and I will listen to you. And I will listen to you. Verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me. How? With all your heart. Well, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor, teacher back home, currently leading the church. I don't have a dramatic converting experience. My, my journey in knowing God, in knowing Jesus as my personal Savior, is a gradual one. Day by day, I live on. And still today, I'm not perfect. I mean, one of my favorite, another favorite, I should say, of quotes uh, of Ellen White is, in my hand, no prize I bring, simply to thy cross or to your foot I cling. That's me. I have nothing in and of myself, but I cling at the foot, at his foot, at the foot of the cross. And that's what we must do. And when we come to him with all our heart, with a contrite heart, that's what David said, with a contrite heart. Imagine I have a tomato, tomatoes, or whatever. A very ripe one, very ripe. Now, if you, it's very ripe that it, if you touch it so hard, it's just gonna burst out. Now, if you would look here, can you see that tomato? Okay, imagine it, yes, you can see it, but in your imagination, see it. It's super red and ripe. What if I did this? What would happen? <laughs> you have a ketchup? <laughs> It will just smash and just burst out. And what you see is kind of like a country heart. Do you follow me? That's to some degree how I felt when I was praying with my tears. But my, from, from my college I was praying, the Lord did not answer. To cut the story short, since I'm taking a lot of your time, uh, 
the Lord did not answer as I expect. You know, his, our good and his good sometimes don't co- correspond. So I was wondering, Lord, are you going to answer my prayer this time? College is very expensive, private school. So finally, orientation week came for new students at Andrews. They have accepted, accepted me, but I need to be registered. I don't have the money. I didn't do, continue to pray a couple of times with tears, with a contrite heart, nothing happened. What else is needed? Well, I did not ask the Lord, but I asked the Lord, are you gonna answer my prayer? Orientation week, finally on that week, it started mon- Sunday, Monday night, I said my last prayer. Lord, you know my heart. I want to serve you. I want to serve you. And I want to be trained in your word at Andrews. If, you, if you're not going to answer my prayer, provide money, that's what basically it boils down to. It's okay. Wait, 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 hold on there. I said, it's okay, right? But in my heart, I wasn't okay. I was like, I was frustrated. Lord, the Lord is not answering my prayer. No, he is not wanting my service. Is where I, in my logic, equated that. That's fine. That's my last prayer. That's when I said, I'm not going to pray for this anymore. The next day, after work, part-time work, I was planning on going to the community college to get registered. Since the Lord did not open here, maybe he will open something here. But the Lord that day, on Tuesday, during lunch, gave my dad a call from Andrews. I didn't have a phone back then, and my dad gave me the phone. I called the person again, and the person said, Kai Kai, Andrews University is giving you a scholarship. I was like, yes, amen. But, 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 I didn't say amen yet, you know? I was like, I got I got some partnership scholarship when I graduated from high school. Now, this was way after my graduation from high school. So I was like, I already got that. I think it was about 40,000, but that was for four years. <laughs> That's like a quarter of the whole tuition for undergraduate. I was like, I know that. It's, it's not enough. But then the lady said, Kai Kai, hold on. This scholarship is a full ride tuition for life. Okay. And then she said, we will hold on. And this one you can use up to five years. Okay. Uh, it's normally four years degree. Okay, five years. And then she said, we will hold on. Like, how many times do I have to hold on? I've been holding on. Okay. Uh, so she said, they gave just two people of this scholarship. 
sentence, she's saying, you're one of them. Now, now, let's go back and read that verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. <gasps> yeah? Says the Lord. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. Thoughts of peace. Yeah. Ah, okay, yes, finally. <laughs> N- and not of evil. Yes, yes. To give you a future. Oh, for sure, some future is coming up. Yeah. And a hope. Yes, finally, a hope. Only then is when I begin to realize my fifth grade experience of crying in tears with a contrite heart on a heart-to-heart basis with God, praying. And I, underst- and I understood, oh, if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't know how to pray later on. Now, what about you? What is something that is pulling you down? For me, back home, those language abilities. And now, here, when I came here, English, I'm learning something again. You know, I have experienced that. (gasps) The Lord's plan. How beautiful is that? The Lord turns something bad that to us it seems into something good. What is something that is in your life that is holding you down? Now today I'm a happy boy serving the Lord here in the community, uh, in the uh, Lake Union area with my colleagues. We were able to, the Lord used me to launch in 2016 uh, Myanmar community service that is very unique that helps the refugee population. It is, to, to this day it's still running, but lately because of some finances, we weren't able to rent anymore, so it's just uh, personal phone call help. And here I am, graduate. Uh, so my appeal to you today is to come to God with that very broken heart. With that very broken heart and he will never let you down. May God bless each one of you.